Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome back to another episode of the Edge Podcast. Also, I don't know if I was if I told you this earlier today when we were on the phone, but um, I was like, so I had like a bunch of like random things to do today. Uh, I was I was basically just driving around. I finally hired someone to put up lawn signs for me, which was huge because I fucking hate doing it <laughs> so much. Um, it just takes so much time, right? Like going house It's to so house. much time, but it's so important to do, which is why it's so good. You hired somebody to do it and you're not just neglecting it because so yeah. many people just put it to the side and don't do it when it's so important to your business. Well, yeah. Like, and, and it's something like last year I had, I think I had about between 50 and 70 up at all times last summer. I remember so that, that. Was, it was wild. Yeah. So like, it was a huge part for me. And like a lot of the time when I went to a quote, they're like, yeah, I see your signs everywhere. You guys are working all like all over the place in the neighborhood. Yeah. And, How many do you have up this year? Well, like up until last week, we didn't have lawn signs. Right. So like, I didn't have any, I had like five, like the five that I had from last year, but um, I put up 15 last week. And then I have like this guy now who I've hired, who's going to go throw up 20 more uh, for this week. So I'll have about 30 to 40 up at the end of the week, which is sick. Um, so it's really nice that I have that guy. Cause last year it was, uh, I, I don't know if I've talked about him. It was like my guy, Spencer, who was basically just like the biggest villain ever. Like he was my power washer. He did my, part of my flyer drops. He did my lawn signs. He, you know, filled in painting. He was my weekend painter when I needed people to fill in. Like he was just, yeah, he was an absolute clutch. Did he uh, still get full-time hours or is that all he did? No, like he, he did, yeah, because like power washing, because of how much exterior I did last year, he was basically yeah. power washing two to three days a week and then painting two to three days a week. So he was actually working oh, yeah. like pretty frequently. Um, but yeah, so I hired this guy, which is great. So I, like, I had to drop off lawn signs with him. I had to go drop off my payroll today. Um, so it was just like a bunch of driving around. But when I was in the neighborhood dropping off my lawn signs, like between then and like a couple calls that I had set up, I had about like two hours, you know, of spare time. And I was like, yeah, fuck it. Like I'm going to go cold calling. And uh yeah, so I went cold calling in like an area that was flyer dropped a long time ago, but because I don't have a cold call team, hasn't been cold called. But I was like, yeah, like I need to go hit it. It's still like, you know, probably like relatively warm. And so I went for two hours, got four leads, probably could have gotten a fifth one, but I don't know, man. Like I talked to this guy for probably 25 minutes. We talked about everything. <laughs> uh, it was a really cool conversation. He was asking me about like my life and like student works and like how long I've been in it, talking about different paints. He was like quizzing me on different products and like different companies and all this stuff. Like we had a great chat and I tried to close on him like five times getting his info, but he just wouldn't give it. So I, I would say he's like actually a person who I expect to hear from, which is interesting. Um, oh, I just got a painter applicant. That's cool. But yeah, so it was a really good conversation. So I could have gotten a fifth lead, but just like, you know, just not quite. But, you know, I, I it, it was nice because typically I would just go home, you know, and just like, you know, do whatever for two hours. But some something in my head was like, I should go cold. Like, I need to go cold calling tonight. Even though I don't have a lot of time to do it, I should go throw in like a two-hour session. Ended up getting four leads. Two of them were full exteriors. One was a full interior. And the other one was like a kind of like, like a living room interior. It wasn't huge, but... Um, what a great feeling yeah it was it was good because last week i went out i think i went out for like nine hours which obviously isn't like a crazy amount it's it's pretty typical three days a week kind of thing but i went out last week and got like nine hours in only got one actual serious lead which kind of sucked so it was kind of cool to like make some of that up and then throughout the course of today i got like two Facebook leads, three email leads. And then I got a lead that called in that was a past client. So like today I got like nine leads or like so, something like that. Um, and then I had a bunch of like ap applications come through. So today was like actually like a super solid day on my side. That's awesome. Yeah. I love hearing shit like that, especially after people have lower down weeks. Cause I, what was it? Two, three weeks ago we were talking and you had your zero for five week and you just were feeling super out of it. But just, yeah, kept working right <laughs> well yeah and like funny on that too is like i, I went for over five and then i realized like kind of what was going wrong um i actually took it away from john where he's like i don't know if you remember but he said i would much rather do two hours of amazing first calls than seven hours and call 30 people so that was a great I, piece of information yeah and i and i took that away because in my position this year like 
last last year I had a team of like eight people going out every week, getting in 24 to 30 hours of cold calling for me that I didn't have to do. So I had an abundance of leads coming in weekly. This year, you know, I don't have that team currently, still working towards it, but um, you know, I'm getting probably a third of the leads I did last last year. But taking that into account, I was like, okay, that's fine. If I only have 10 leads, let's say per week, I'm gonna like call those people and give them the best fucking first call I can and focus on that. And over the last two weeks, my booking percentage has probably been like 80%. So like the quotes I'm doing have been set up super well and I'm like booking pretty much all of them, which has been great. So, you know, following up bad weeks, sometimes it's, it's just kind of like a little mindset change of like, that's okay. Like people have bad weeks, whatever. Let's just focus on like the only thing we can control, which is like our own input. Exactly. 100%. I actually have a franchisee who's in a similar situation is that they last year had a massive cold call team that was going out and getting them an abundance of leads. Um, If I look back at their year last year, every single week was between 10 and looks like 15 to 18 cold call leads every single week. Um, This year, they've been doing a lot more of the work themselves. It's it's actually it's Skylar. He's been doing a lot more of the work himself. Yeah. Um, he's booked it more. He's a higher booking percentage, a higher lead to estimate conversion ratio. And he's just making so much more of a use of his time. And it's, I love seeing shit like that because it, at the end of the day, people are, people do this to make money and to see a level of success. And why would you work twice as hard to make the same and to do the same as you can with just effort put in in the proper places at the proper times yeah and like it's exactly like jordan put on his post last week he said i love being lazy and then he explained it obviously about about like not being lazy in in the typical sense but in the sense that like i like not having to do a lot of work and seeing the optimized results that i can so absolutely that's something that i've kind of taken away just based upon the you know the lead input that i'm having and it's definitely helped quite a bit so going out today and actually seeing success and, you know, just having a couple things come through and work really well um, was super cool to see because one of the big topics that we talk about is like, it's not your effort this week that matters for, for this week. It's this week's effort that matters for the next two to three weeks, you know, coming in, you know, did you get these yeah. flyers out? Are you going to get those office leads? Did you cold call? doesn't necessarily mean that those are the only leads you're going to get. Maybe they go online and go through the website and, you know, do that. Right. Um, so yeah, it, it, was, it was a great feeling uh, to go out and kind of do that and, and see the success today because uh, of what I kind of saw last week with regards to cold calling. So that was something that I took away today is like, you know, like if I have a spare hour or two and I'm in the area already, like, like I'm just going to go cold call from now on. And if I see results, great. If I don't, at least I put in the time. Yeah. Well, especially because you have the time now, right? Because production is rolling up on us so fast. It's what, a month and a half away for some people, a month away for others, two months away for some others. And once production hits, the time that you have to be putting into your business in terms of marketing and sales and recruiting is drastically cut down because production takes up a massive portion of people's time. Yes, a lot of people are in school and they transfer the time from school into the production aspect, but there's a lot that needs to happen on the back end to get your production properly set up. There's all your production planners. There is all the scheduling. There's making sure that everything is organized. There's getting your crew kits ready. There's just calling clients, test patches. There's a lot that needs to happen. And it's far too often that we see people hit production and their marketing drops off or their sales drop off. And it's it's just, it's it's hard to combat so why not take advantage of the time that we have now and put as much effort in in an optimized way as humanly possible so you can be ahead and see the results earlier on and not have to grind until the end of august yeah absolutely um i think like you just said like this is the last month to two months that in your business you're going to only have a sole focus on marketing recruiting and sales you know once the summer comes around you add a lot to your plate not that that like it's like that the entire summer for the most part you know like typically may and june are a lot busier than july and august if you're organized but <clears throat> yeah now is like a very much so last push kind of thing before the summer actually starts and you start to get like you know fully on like full on immersed into your business for the summer because once that starts you know production is not going to go swimmingly for everyone right off the bat like there's a lot to learn 
it's a whole other steep learning curve that people have had to like are going to have to go through because you know at the start of the year there's this big learning curve for rookies of having to learn how to you know cold call and do a proper first call and do a proper quote and get all the questions in and talk about products and learn about products and there, there's so much information that gets thrown at you that you have to learn to do well and then you start to get the hang of it and then you get thrown right back into another learning curve of production which is where um, a lot of people again like yeah like you said like take their foot off the gas with regards to marketing because they want to put that focus into production so definitely important to like continue to push very hard for the next however long you have until your production start yeah and even for vets as well right yeah because this is a phrase that i use with all my vets that yes they're a vet the student works with a lot of people are a rookie to their goal most of my people well every one of my vets has a goal that they've never done before and to do something you've never done before you need to take different actions you need to plan differently you need to, to organize your business differently it just it's a very different game and there's still that learning curve behind it yep <laughs> yeah that's a great way to put it i think yeah a lot of, of veteran operators you know they continue to push every year to try and get better and grow their business and, and all these things but again that does come with another steep learning curve like maybe last year you only ran one to two crews all summer to get to your goal of whatever 120 130 whatever that looks like um, but this year, like maybe you set a goal of 300 and now you're going to have to be running like three to four crews all summer. That's a lot more work. That's a lot more organization. That's a lot of more time management, a lot more training that you have to put in. Um, and obviously a lot more and, sales. And that not even just do. more, not even just more, just doing it in a different way, right? Different structures and different actions. Because if you want to double your business, it's not about putting in twice the effort. It's about putting effort in different places. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. It's yeah, I think uh, <clears throat> the biggest thing for me when I grew my business was like learning to optimize each thing individually. You know, mm-hmm. learning how to delegate really, really well. So yeah, delegation's huge. Focus elsewhere because, and, and that's one thing I think that I like. I've done really well each year. Like my first year wasn't fantastic, but my second year I delegated quite a bit. My third year, you know, I was very uninvolved in my business. Things ran super smoothly. My painters knew what they needed to do and the expectations that I had of them and like their expectations of me. And then last year with Natasha was a completely different ball game <laughs> of, uh, you know, completely handing over all my control, which is a scary thing with people with production managers. It's scary to hand over everything and be like, you pretty much get to run every aspect of quality control. I- I'm there, but you're the person who's the face of the business for the most part. Right. So like there's a lot of different aspects and, that you have to learn to adopt into your business to be able to see that difference in success and like that difference in growth. What kind of struggles did you run into giving up that control? I, I would say like, I honestly, I was really struggling with it coming up to the summer and like my mindset of it was very much kind of like a cold turkey kind of mindset like I just need to give her everything and it was funny like I was very lucky that she was the person that she was Um, I used uh, PI actually with her and we had like me and Jordan went through her PI to make sure that she was the right personality type to have that role Um, we went through like what she needed and you know what she also was going to struggle with so I kind of went through those things with her before the summer even started of like where I think she's going to need to really focus her energy, but also where she's going to really exceed quickly. And funny, like, again, like I'm, I'm so lucky that she's the person she is because my first week of production, like I started the first couple crew, like the first couple days, did the first day with her, did the second, did the third. And then it was a weekend. And then the Monday I was like, Hey, like, do you want me to come and, and start the job? And she's like, no, I got it. I was like, okay, like, we'll see. So I let her do it. It went super smooth. Then the next day, uh, my second crew started. I was like, hey, like, I can come and do a two crew start so that you know how to do it. She's like, no, I'm, I've got it. I, I know what I'm doing. I was like, okay, like, we'll see how it goes. So I kind of just, like, let it go. And then it went perfectly. And then, um, you know, I kind of, like, we, we were on the phone a lot. But I kind of, like, honestly, like, I didn't really have a huge struggle with it because I kind of just gave it to her and she kind of just fucking killed it. And then third crew, fourth crew started. Everything was going smooth. We, we chatted, you know, on the daily. We had meetings twice a week. 
um, talked about, you know, specifics with clients, uh, different ladders that needed to be used, potentially like some like difficult spots. I took pictures in my quotes so that she knew what I was talking about with specific like weird jot notes on the quote, like, you know, top, mm -hmm. right peak, left side only or whatever. Um, I, I took pictures and I kind of circled it and showed her that. And she was honestly just like, she just took over everything and I just kind of let her have her schedule and everything got done. And I'm very lucky for that because <laughs> we didn't really see a lot of struggles. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I don't, I don't, I don't really agree with that when people say I got lucky with this in, in a business, in a business aspect. Well, like you did certain things to, to give her the knowledge and to put her in the place to see that, that or to be able to do what she did. Right. We worked, so, so back, yeah. back up a okay. little bit. What, <laughs> okay. when you were giving up that delegation or really giving up that control and you were learning how to delegate more was what, what areas did you have a hard time with when you were teaching her? Did you have a hard time setting up the line of communication, building the trust with her? Did you have a hard time getting her to produce things efficiently to collect checks? What aspects of it did you really struggle with Riley? Because there's going to be things I know mm -hmm. for a fact it was not mm -hmm. as smooth as you're making it sound. <laughs> That's the funny thing though. Like most of it was smooth, but I, I would say the biggest thing was um, probably just like expectations with painters. I uh, that's definitely something that I didn't really go into detail with her. Um, yeah, we can back up on the lucky thing. Cause actually from basically December to April, I met with her once a week and went through everything, every single aspect in specific is. meetings. Um, like we went through the entire Cloverdale site, the entire Dulux site. We went through all the product knowledge. We went through the entire prep process. Uh, we talked about, you know, clients expectations, how to do test patches, the most efficient way to kind of work your schedule you know, how to work with painters, pad meetings. Like, so yeah, I guess we didn't get lucky. I did, I did a lot of work in the preseason to kind of make sure that she was ready to just take it over. But, um, I think the biggest thing was probably painter management. Like my painters were super good, efficient within a week. Like they were hitting budgets within the first week that they were working. But again, that comes down to like our training days that we had with our painters. I trained all of our painters at my house. We went through things individually with everyone and made sure everyone was super like well-versed before we actually started. But um, at the end of the summer, like I learned that a lot of my painters like wanted to see me more and like didn't really understand the full concept and like role of like me and Natasha and worked a little bit more than they wanted to. So like, I guess the expectations of communication with painters was probably like the one thing that I failed in, um, or like not necessarily failed, but didn't, I guess didn't like perfect last summer. So that's something that's going to be a big thing for us this year. Um, but very much so like for, for the delegation purpose of, of her being in my business, I realized that if I was going to babysit her, that wouldn't work for her based upon her personality and that she needed the flexibility to like learn how to do things herself. And when we met a couple months ago, she said that she really appreciated that because it gave her the opportunity to kind of learn what she needed to and like do things her own way with me, obviously overseeing things from like a, a higher perspective, I guess. So that was kind of like the biggest thing. I did also have like a couple um, clients that didn't go super smoothly. I know you know about that. I think I've talked about that before. But those are things that I could have done better of like hopping in when I needed to and like or maybe training her on how to deal with those situations a bit better. Um, but outside of that, I think like the delegation to her was super um, efficient, I guess. And like I no one's ever really had production managers. Like there's been a couple operators here and there in the past, but yeah, it's a very new concept. Yeah. So like, I just realized that like, if I was going to have her go out and be successful and do what I needed to without me there, like it was going to take a lot of like prep. So that's what I did. Now, now that you're a DM, what, what similarities can you draw between how you're coaching your franchisee and how you were coaching her last year? Or what were some things that you know now that you wish you would have done different with her? as a production manager probably just overseed her more like I uh I was so excited to not have to do that part of the business and have someone take care of it so I could focus on everything else um I feel like I lacked like actually being there for her for support um for the entirety of the summer like I was everything was running smooth our payrolls you know were exactly where they needed to be if not higher every single time 
jobs were getting done, we were getting good feedback, you know, um, things were going well. So from a perspective of a franchisee, I was like, oh yeah, everything's good. But now being a DM, like I realized that there's so much more oversight that needs to happen and like so much more support that needs to be there, even if things are going well, just like the odd, like, hey, like you're doing super well or like, hey, like what are things that you need improvement on or like going to job sites and actually making sure that things are being done the right way. Because for example, we went to one job site midsummer, me and Jordan, and one of my painters, Aaron, was doing things well, but not near as efficient as it could have been done. So Jordan showed her how to do, you know, this specific thing way faster. And then I saw her efficiency, like jump probably 10% for the rest of the summer. So like, wow, just like the oversight of like me not actually like being there to like make sure everything was being done 100% the way that I would typically do it was probably something that I would have changed and will definitely change this year. Because Again, things were getting done well on time. Painters were efficient. I had a couple painters at like 1.30. Um, but like there's just small details that probably could have been perfected. And if I was like a little bit more of like a coach to her instead of just handing over the reins and hoping things went well, that probably actually would have helped her quite a bit with regards to efficiency wise and like stress wise, but also like probably made my painters happier throughout the summer because... I've done this for four years or three years, I guess, up until that point. So like I knew how things were meant to go, how to do things efficiently, what a job site should look like, you know, from start to finish. And not that they weren't great, but they could have been better. Mm-hmm. So that that's the biggest thing I would change because like, I've seen like, you know, with coaching this year, um, even small things, you know, like, for example, leaving a voicemail that can be done a certain way that's going to lead to higher efficiency like with them calling you back or even calling you back in the first place as opposed to like leaving a shitty voicemail and then being like i don't want to call this person back um it's like just the small details are the ones that actually really matter in a business and those are the ones that you can like really like own in on and perfect and make really really good so i would say like that's probably the main thing that i missed last year that that i could have implemented a little bit better so now that you're bringing Natasha back this year and she's taking on, I guess, a similar role to last year, but the big difference being your experience coaching and her having a little bit of experience as to how things should run, um, are you intending on essentially treating her as if she is a mini franchisee? I would like to. And, and the reason for that is because I know that I think she wants to franchise at the end of this summer, like for next year. Well, she almost did this year, right? Yeah. She just wasn't like financially ready. Um, she needed, you know, really, really stable work. She didn't have like the, the money to put aside. Just things didn't work out quite right. So very much so like I want to treat her more like a franchisee this year and like really perfect things so that if she does go run her own business next year, everything's really really good and the only thing she has to learn to be really great at is sales because she's by far a better marketer than me um she's fantastic when she goes out marketing like you know like a lead per hour seven eight lawn sides a night like no problem um she's got the consistency of going out when she needs to um she understands the dedication of like how that reflects in the business because for example like last week we were talking or no two weeks ago two weeks ago we were talking and i was i was telling her kind of about the recruiting struggles because like I'm, I'm super transparent with her and uh, she you know she was more than happy to start asking around her own friends and stuff which is great but I was talking about the cold calling and that like you know we're on pace for our sales where we need to be right now but without more input like we will fall behind a little bit and that's going to be you know playing catch up in the summer which is something I don't technically want to do and you know two days later she called me told me that she quit her part-time job and she's going to start marketing three days a week in two weeks as soon as she's done her job so like she understands what dedication needs to be put in to actually see the results later, which is super cool. So I think like for me, like I just want to really perfect all those small details so that when and if like, but more so when she franchises next year, she can be like really, really great at it and go and be a great leader for her people. Yeah. You want to know a really effective way to get her to take that step into franchising? What? You involve her with the culture. That culture is infectious. It's 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 absolutely ridiculous. That's one of the, my big pieces of, of of why student works that I say every year at training is the whole I came for the experience, stay for the people. Mm-hmm. If you start bringing her out to payroll events and the events that we do together, she'll meet people. She'll understand 
why we all do this because right now she has the business she has the business um perspective and experience to an extent without the aspect of sales obviously and without having a a dm in the past i guess you'll be more of a dm to her this year which is going to be cool to see the transition in her but the big thing she's missing is the full cultural experience sure yeah 100 percent. i think that's that's super important and uh, it was funny because i remember last year on multiple occasions she she would tell me that um she would go back and like talk to her friends and stuff. And like, all she wanted to talk about was work. And they like kept saying like, you need to stop talking about student work. You need to stop talking about work. Like it's all you talk about. But like, again, like she was so fully immersed. Sounds like a franchisee. Exactly. She was working like, <laughs> you know, 45, 50 hours a week, just like a typical franchisee. And this, like, she was working so much. Um, so like, that's, that's what she knew. That's what she was a part of. So I think like, yeah, bringing her to events and stuff and making that important to actually like, ensure she understands that she should come to these events you know when she's not working on sites and stuff probably will definitely like be that extra you know little factor in her like wanting to be a part of that next year which is cool absolutely and just show her how to actually take time off properly right teach her the 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 importance of having a strict say eight to eight schedule and being around other people who operate on the same time frame and at the same level of intensity well, yeah, and like understanding, like, because, okay, here's another thing that I like definitely missed last year was uh, teaching her how to delegate things really well. Because, like, at the end of the year, uh, we talked about, you know, what she was doing, because I knew she was working more hours than she needed to. But that's because she was so stressed out about doing the walk around that she wanted to do all of the walk arounds herself instead of like delegating that to painters and like taking payments and stuff, um, you know, touch ups. And like, this is again, something that like I tried to like teach her and like, she just wouldn't listen. So I needed to do it a different way. And now that I, like, I kind of understand the coaching aspect a bit more, I understand why it needs to be done a certain way. Like I understand that why, which is the most important thing, but yeah, she needed to understand that like, no, you don't do the touch-ups. Your painters do the touch-ups because she was doing like all the touch-ups for the painters. And like, I told her not to, but she's like, well, jobs need to get done. And I was like, that's fine. They can go on on the weekends. That's their problem. Like we're paying them money to do things properly and if they're not going to do them properly you go send them to do the fucking touch-ups on a sunday afternoon and guess what they probably aren't going to skip that step next time <laughs> so um yeah. just the un- understanding and the, the importance of like me explaining how things can be delegated significantly more will reduce the amount that she's working but will also teach her that like it's okay to give up control in certain aspects because people can do things just as good as you in certain aspects there's like certain things that you need to do and there's certain things that you can have other people do. Yeah, even just that idea that other people can do things as good as you is so hard to get past for so many franchisees. And even for myself, when I moved into a DM position, because there were certain things that I did a certain way in my business. And as I started coaching, I realized that there's so many more ways to get something done that can be better than what I did or can be worse than what I did. And like, what did you, but it's about like, what did you notice? I guess. Um, one of the biggest things that I noticed that was like one of the biggest areas that I could have really optimized my business when I was running would have been the, the ways that I delegated. I delegated things incredibly well. I had my people, they would start every job site themselves. Um, They would take care of getting all their own paint. They did all their touch-ups. They would talk to all the clients. They were all trained how to do the tip-on-lope speech, how to get all of that, everything. But for whatever goddamn reason, I would be the, the one to go back and get the signatures. I have no fucking idea why I decided to do that. But That's like the most... Oh, it's the, <laughs> it's the simplest thing. It's the simplest part. But for me, I kept justifying it to myself as I wanted to have that final point of contact with the client because I had built the relationship. Sure. Yeah. And and that's something that like I missed was like explaining the why to her. Like I, I was telling her, but I wasn't actually like giving her the understanding behind like how and why that's important to like not do yourself. Right. So that's definitely something that like I told her we're going to work on. She is getting paid quite a bit better this year. So I was like, we need to reduce your hours because like for one, um, you know, like uh, financials wise, 
I don't need you to do all those things, especially if I'm paying you the way I am and paying painters super well. Like I'm giving like raises to crew chiefs to take on that extra responsibility. So like you don't need to do it. Those things are things that like mm-hmm. painters can do and you don't need to do every paint run like in the middle of the day. Cause like she apparently was doing a lot of those paint runs that are like unnecessary. Painters can go do that. You know, like she can order the paint, make sure it's they ready to go, can. but like they can go do it like whatever, like on their lunch hour, whatever that looks like. So, um, just the, the idea of, of explaining things a bit more and, and like not micromanaging, but like my, like in a way micromanaging those fine details to make sure that she's doing things perfectly and like in, in its own way, like in a systemized way. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest thing for me. So. Yeah. And especially as she's learning and she's been taking these big steps to really just explain to her the importance of following the systems, the way that they are and not trying to come up with new ideas constantly, because at the end of the day, the systems we have in place, we've been constantly tweaking there's been between eight and ten very intelligent human beings giving a lot of good input twice a year to tweak the systems to make them the way that they are today and yes there's a lot of new ideas that everybody can throw in but there's most of the ideas have been tried and tested and they're not in the systems for a reason so it's as she starts to gain her independence it's going to be super important to to watch the things that she starts trying and to give her the proper direction and give her the advice on on what she's doing because if somebody's if if any of buddies if any of your employees start doing something a different way don't just shit on it right yeah you want to figure out why they're doing what they're doing maybe it comes from a great idea that they just don't know how to properly implement and maybe it's an idea that's been tried a million times and just doesn't work. And then even if it is something that doesn't work, it's not just as much as saying, yeah, sorry, don't do that. It doesn't work. It's the explanation behind why it doesn't work that is going to be absolutely key to making sure that Natasha is able to reach her stride. Yeah, exactly. Um, that That's the biggest thing is like explaining the why. I was um, on our DM call with Corey this Monday. We were talking about Maddie and how her personality type really needs a why attached to things. She's a very collaborative-based person. So he was saying that she's going to ask lots of questions. Um, She's going to need to have a really good explanation, but not just an explanation, but like really diving into the why of things because it's funny because she's a collaborator just like me. And with me, like I'll ask people multiple times. Sometimes I need to hear things multiple times before I actually like it clicks in my head. And you could say the same thing five times and then maybe the sixth time it clicks, even though it's said the same way. Sometimes it's just the repetition, the repetition of like you saying it that helps me understand something and sure that can be frustrating for the person trying to teach someone, but it's important to continue to do it until they actually understand it. Because once they understand it, they're going to do it properly. There's even the idea of social proof that you can leverage the shit out of, um, that I do this with a number of my franchisees that are friends. If I have one person who I can knock the message across to, I'll get one of their friends who's a franchisee to tell them the same thing in the same way that I'm telling it to them. And then the franchisee that I'm trying to get the point across to will call me 20 minutes later saying, Hey, guess what? X person just told me this is such a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and that's why like, you know, for example, like throwing it back to the payroll event thing, um, like coming out and, and being a part of the culture. Like that's why that's super important too, is because sometimes you'll be talking to someone who's having the same struggles as you and they found a great, great way to do things. And like maybe like as a district manager, you've already told that person multiple times that they need to do this thing. And like you've explained why it's important, but like just hearing it from someone else or hearing it in a different way or seeing someone else be successful doing that specific thing is, is that specific event that actually helps them understand it. Yeah. And at times too, for painters, franchisees, whatever position people may be on, I always found that when that there are certain things that I would try to convey to, to the people that I was leading and they would take it in a different way from me as they would than they would from somebody who was on the same level because I was on a level above them and they would take it as something that I was almost ordering or telling them to do with a specific purpose. Yeah. But when they hear it from someone around them, 
it's suddenly much more of a good idea, which, yeah, you're super right in saying that that's why <laughs> payroll events are, are huge. I remember even uh, when we used to go to events with, with Kathy, Kathy used to prime the shit out of Mitch Law to tell all of her <laughs> rookies things that she's been trying to tell them. And then suddenly they would just start doing everything properly. And then again, it's the same thing we talked to uh, John about a couple weeks ago, right? With the client manuals. Corey was telling John to use client manuals for how long. Jordan walks up, says, hey, use a client manual. John calls Corey and says, hey, what a good idea this is. Probably wasn't like as simple as like, hey, use a client manual. He probably explained it. No, it, it definitely wasn't. It but, was a lot more of an explanation behind, but it was just coming from a different person because there's no shot in hell that Corey didn't explain it to him. Right? Yeah, and, yeah, and it's funny because uh, what I've noticed this year, specifically in Calgary, um, is people coming out more, which is great. I remember in my first year, there was like four of us. That's it, like four, four or five people. Uh, no, sorry, that's wrong. My first year with Kathy, she had a really great culture. We had a lot of people out of payrolls. We had like 10 people probably at every payroll. It was great. At, at some events. Yeah, like some of the big ones. But like it was typically the same core people, you know. But like when someone else would like come to an event that typically didn't, you could see them like things just starting to click in like the next couple of weeks that they were doing, uh, you know, in the summer, like randomly <laughs> uh they started to do better and started to be more positive and like started to see better results and like the next time they'd come to the payroll and then they'd be happier and they'd be more organized and like they wouldn't show up in their painting attire they'd be like you know ready to go because they were talking to people who were seeing levels of success and like seeing things going right talking to those people learning from their experiences and probably going to implement them themselves just because they'd heard it from someone who was just like them yeah and straight up in my first year if I didn't drive two, four hours round trip every second Thursday to Calgary, I wouldn't be here. Because it was being around all those people that really pushed me and encouraged me to do so well. That yeah. kept me inside the company and taught me about how great the culture can be. Yeah, exactly. And then like, so like my second and third year, um, we kind of split Calgary because Kathy left and they didn't have like yeah. someone to take over. So like, I felt like the payrolls were, they were good, but again, it was less people. And like, pretty much most of the people that didn't come to the payrolls didn't really stick around because they didn't have that culture. They didn't have that connection with everyone. It was more so just a job for them. It, they weren't really like experiencing everything and like building those fr friendships and connections. And then over the last year, again, Brooklyn's done a really great, a really great job of, you know, building in that culture again and like really s making it important for people to come. And even this year more so, you know, with, with Edmonton, like we've very much been closely knit where, you know, people come down from Edmonton to Calgary to go to payrolls and then people go up to Edmonton to go to payrolls or like events and stuff. And like, you can just see the culture starting to flourish and like people like learning more and people doing better. And it's really cool to kind of see the, the correlation between those, those two, because like, I've always known it's there, but it's cool to see like other people starting to have those things click for them. It's 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 really cool to kind of see and like you know even like with Saskatchewan like where we used to just do like paintball wasn't even like an Alberta thing it was like Manitoba and Saskatchewan but a couple of years ago you started it to was go actually, and you're like uh, let's go <laughs> yeah it was my first DM it was my first DM Megan that said well I guess you're one of my people so if you don't tell anyone you can come <laughs> I was like okay sounds good I went to the event and I was like this thing is fucking awesome. And I think it was the next year I drugged, I tried dragging you out. I don't think you came your no, first I, year. No, did not you? my first year. No, no I, Ma I, Michaela, Michaela did though. My and first, then your, your second year you did. My first year I was, it was right around the Mexico incentive and like I needed to push. So like I gave up paintball to, to push to go to Mexico and I made it, which was really cool. Jacob Worth did the it. same thing his first year. He didn't go to paintball so he could make Mexico. It's about like those sacrifices and it was unfortunate, but when I did go the second year, it was awesome. It was really cool to be able to meet people out of province because typically you don't get to do that until Mexico or even Boat Cruise now because mm -hmm. Boat Cruise now is before Mexico. But it was it was cool to just be like, you know, again, like around like a bigger culture because I remember my first year in Saskatchewan, there was like 40 people there. It was out of control and it was so much fun. Um, oh, at paintball, yeah. Yeah. And, and now this year, like we've, you know, again, like I said, like we've got, um, Calgary and Edmonton kind of a little bit closely knit where we, we go to a lot of events together, but also this year we're going to be doing baseball and paintball together, which is really, really cool. Oh yeah. I remember that picture. Yeah. I'm in the front there with the little paintball gun all in white. 
yeah i'm that, right beside you yeah that's me <laughs> you're you're in your tank top that's so classic <laughs> um but yeah like just like the whole idea of like events is super important because again you get to just like kind of relax take not necessarily time away from your business but you get to relax with people who are in the same boat as you and it's a huge um it's a huge booster i think like with regards to mindset and again you get to kind of just talk to people who are going through the same things as you talk through things talk about your struggles have people who understand what you're going through around and you get to learn from them and, and kind of like really get to build those connections and relationships that make you want to like, you know, go out and do better or shoot for higher goals or, you know, in, in the simplest form, like come back and like really strive for better things in your next year. Yeah. To have the people around you to build with and to grow with is incredibly important in every aspect of, of life. And one of the, the mysterious byproducts that comes from just being involved in the culture is the friendships and the, I guess to an extent, the, the family that comes from it, that you would never expect being part of of any company. Because that's even, if you look at even you and I, right? Mm-hmm. We're as close as we are starting because we went to those events and starting because we were just involved with culture and we wanted to get together with people and build that up the way that we did. Yeah, definitely. Um, and like, I still talk to some people, you know, from, from past years, it was, it was actually really cool when I was at the home show. Um, I don't know if you remember him. His name is Nolan Mink. He was a little bit more of a quiet guy. Uh, Nolan Mink's a franchisee and PG. Not not Nolan Mink. Sorry. (laughs) Um, his name is Nolan. I forget his last name. It started with an M as well. It was like, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, uh, it was a Mink. It was, it was very similar though. It was Nolan M. But I remember him, and he came up to us at uh, at the uh, booth. That was, that was your first year, right? Yeah, my first year. And he like walked up, and he's like, "Hey," and like I I recognize him right away, even through a mask. And he's I was like, "Hey, Nolan, like how are you doing?" And he's like, "Oh, you remember me?" And I was like, "Of course I do." Like that that's kind of cool to like have those relationships. We chatted for about half an hour, like talked about kind of like how he phased out and what he's doing now. But you know, like, it was Nolan Moody. Moody, yeah. See, very similar. <laughs> um, but yeah, like it's cool to just be able to kind of build those those friendships and those relationships that like you know you never know what's gonna happen. Like he he's actually now a paint rep from Benjamin Moore, so like that's really know, good for him. Yeah, yeah, super cool. So it, it's it's just funny how those relationships can kind of like blossom and then just stay there regardless of you know however long it's been since you've seen them, just because they actually like took the time to come out, build those relationships, build um, you know build into that full network of, of like what Student Works has to offer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's super true, and it'd be it'd be interesting to see where those people are going to be even in the next few years from what they've learned from StudentWorks. Even people who stick around for such a short amount of time, there's so many lessons to learn from doing something like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've seen a lot of people like go on and, and do some really successful things, which is cool. You know, like for example, Mitch. Like I know you brought him up. Like now he's a manager of like this huge development company out in Kelowna and it's actually his birthday today. Hey? Yeah, I know. I, I know. I talked to him today, but he would have never gotten that if he didn't meet Jaden through Studentworks, who is yeah. uh, like, it's his girlfriend's dad's company. So like just that relationship of, of working through Studentworks now has him in a, in a really huge role, you know, doing some really cool things out in Kelowna. But you think like if he didn't maybe like come to the payrolls, maybe he never would have come back. Maybe he wouldn't be in the position that he is today because of like those relationships that he fostered. Yeah, that's very true. So it's kind of cool to see how that connects. Like, do you see that that in Edmonton? I know like with you coming in, um, obviously before Quaid, like Quaid actually had like a really like, let, let's call it an interesting culture, but he did have a culture in Edmonton. Good way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, like he did have a lot of people, you know, hanging out as a group and like, they probably like made some really cool friends, but do you see that, that like that shift in, in relationships in Edmonton since like you've kind of really enrolled in, in the payrolls and, and everything? 100%. There is a, there's a couple last, last year there was a small core group of people that were really tight knit and the other and we tried bringing others kind of into that to be part of that culture 
and this year as everybody's been growing and learning more and just getting more involved that that group is really growing and it's just about involving those last few people in it to really get everybody up to that same level of, of success and even one of the things that i am weirdly the most proud of is starting to to build and to see that connection between northern and southern alberta because everyone used to only see each other once a year at the northern alberta versus southern alberta softball game and like you said people from edmonton are coming down to calgary sometimes for events people from calgary are coming up to edmonton for events sometimes there's just so much more connectivity and even some of my people are talking to people in saskatchewan in manitoba in bc and some of them have there's so many weekly calls that my people have it's i love to see it i think yeah i have one franchisee who has a weekly call with i think two or three different people at different times um there's a group of five i think in southern alberta um that have a 300k goal they call themselves the 300k ballers uh Mm -hmm. they have a weekly chat every every sunday night i believe it is and there's just there's such a cool culture that's developing up here that may not have ever been been present as far as i can remember and like from that experience like you don't have to like say the specific person's name but like have you seen like like let's say for example one person who you've really seen change in their business because of the fact that they've started to enroll themselves in these kind of things yes one thousand percent that's awesome. And like, what changed for them? They're, they've always been involved in the culture in Edmonton before I took over. And just by, like, when I kind of stepped in, obviously, they're an amazing human being by themselves. But just with me stepping in, I let them know very clearly from the beginning that I wanted to introduce them to a lot of great people. And they really bought into that and they talked to people everywhere and their business last year damn near tripled um, this year they're already off to an amazing start they're doing better than they did last year with a little bit less effort and just the continuous improvements in the way that that person has seen how the impact of being more connected on their business the way that they're really doing a great job in helping me lead the charge for connectivity amongst all of the other people in not only my team, but the other teams as well. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it was funny today, actually. Um, I uh, stopped by my old workplace because I kind of had like a spare half an hour before I uh, dropped off my payroll. and uh, like Repsol? No, no. Or um, not Repsol. At um, Winsport. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, what the hell is Repsol at? Uh, it's my gym. Oh yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> um, but very similar. Like when I worked at uh, Winsport, the culture there was amazing. Uh, we had so there's kind of like three departments, but a lot of us like hung out all the time. Like we always went snowboarding together. Like we always went to the bars together. We always hung out and played games like outside of work. And like the team environment was freaking phenomenal. And I was like, you know, I had a spare half an hour. I was up on that side of town, and I like just reached out to my old manager, and I was like, hey, are you working today? Like I want to come see you. And obviously, like, without, like, you know, building that connection with her, um, there's no way that I, like, obviously would just go drop in and say hi, but dropped in, you know, like, we had a really, really cool conversation, got to know, like, you know, what's been changing, what's been up, like, how things in her life are going. And, like, that only ever came because, like, the environment when I was there was so good. So even years down the line, even though, like, you know, I'm not even a part of that anymore, like, I still had the thought of like, Hey, like, I wonder if she still works there. I should go drop in and say hi. And like, you know, see mm-hmm. how she's doing that, that fostered from her being like really, really good at setting a good team environment and a really great culture when I was working there. Love to see that. I even actually had a couple over the past two weeks, I've had a couple of my past people reach out just to say hi. And they even, they were, they were asking if they could come to different events and stuff this year. So it's, even from, I guess, looking at it from from her position, it would be a good feeling for her just to know that you're still thinking about that. Yeah, probably. She was so excited, like, because uh, like when sport was closed today um, until I think one o'clock, and I was over there around noon. So like, I like I was gonna go surprise her and like just walk in, 
but the doors were locked. So I was like, fuck, okay. So I like messaged her on Facebook. I was like, hey, are you working today? Like, I think you still work there. She's like, yes, why? Like, like with like so many exclamation marks. I was like, hey, like I got a spare half an hour. I'm sitting in the parking lot. And I literally see this woman, <laughs> I, like, cause I can see like the doors from like where I was parked. And I see this woman like, like frantically unlocking the doors and like fucking just like booked it out. She didn't know what car I was in, but booked it out to the parking lot and was like, like, and then I see her like go down on her phone. She's like, I'm outside. Like she was like so excited, which was super cool. And um, yeah, like it was just nice to see her. And like, again, that just comes from, you know, having like obviously a great management style, but again, like just really like building a cool culture where we were all like really connected while I was there. Cause I was there for five years. So like, I wasn't there for a short amount of time, but um, yeah, like it, it's just, it says a lot about how someone actually enjoys the environment that they're working in. It really does. And that's something that I'm very happy that we're able to provide for the people that we work with and that we deal with. And something that I really hope that people listening are able to take out of this episode is just to take the time to really just take in the people around you and the experiences around you and just take advantage of every opportunity that comes throughout this yeah yeah most definitely i remember like again like last thought on that um, before we close it up here but like i remember i was sitting talking to jacob the other day and he was telling me about how he got into student works um i think actually we talked about it but i think I, he also said it on his podcast he like, talked about it on his yeah 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 and he was just saying like never miss a time right and that's like such yeah. a really cool uh mindset with regards to things like payroll events and going out and seeing people because those times are, are what's going to really make your experience amazing here absolutely that was one of his mentors uh alex used to use alex used to teach him that oh that's alex from um bold from, right yeah from bold his trainer yeah. yeah yeah and he was actually using it in terms of as jacob was start was going to go to university in terms of if there was a party go to a party take every work opportunity just take every event and test and opportunity to the to just see what's out there and what you're capable of and what you can be involved in to make the most out of everything yep exactly so you know closing off the episode let's leave it with a jacob quote of like never miss a time make sure you guys go out to payrolls make sure that you really immerse yourself in the experience and, and take everything that you guys can out of it we're going to leave you today the same way that we leave you every episode. We hope you have a good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and we will see you again on the next episode of The Edge Podcast. For more of our content, follow us on Instagram at The Edge Pod. If you found value in this episode, please remember to rate, subscribe, and share as it allows us to organically grow our following.